Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Hannah Olshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to kick off this amazing new series on Break the Cycles. So this episode and then the next two episodes are going to be part of a three-part series of Breaking the Cycles in Your Center. Over the past couple of months, I've been really listening to owners and directors and our directors in our circle and our owners HQ program, really looking at the questions that they're bringing up checking out our Schools of Excellence Lounge, our free Facebook group, and trying to identify the patterns of what are the questions that everyone's really bringing up. And I've identified three reoccurring cycles that are happening right now in childcare centers. The first cycle is the burnout and stress cycle. There is a cycle where staff are getting burnt out, you're getting burnt out, stress is perpetuating itself throughout the center. So that's one of the first cycles. Another cycle that I'm seeing a lot is the dependency versus delegating cycle. And so I'm noticing that we are creating a culture of dependency where our staff need us. They are dependent on us. We have to do everything. It's easier, quote unquote, for us to do it ourselves. And so we are not delegating. And then the third cycle that I'm noticing is the excuses versus accountability cycle. There is a a lot of excuses that are coming around of why staff aren't doing this, why they're not doing that, we're giving them a pass. And so we're not creating a cycle, a culture of accountability. Now, these three cycles really perpetuate themselves throughout the school and it works in seasons, right? Everything works in a season. And these episodes are not about how to eradicate the cycle for good because these cycles evolve and come back as you grow, right? As you move yourself out of survival, you move yourself to a different stage, new level, new devil. These episodes are here to give you perspective, awareness, clarity, and strategy on what you're actually dealing with. 
these, the content that I've created in these episodes are here to help you identify these symptoms faster so you can be cognizant and make the changes. All of these episodes in the Break the Cycle series are sponsored by our upcoming workshop, Delegate to Elevate. This is the Schools of Excellence core workshop for owners and CEOs who want to break these cycles and build profit and legacy in their schools. For more information about our Delegate to Elevate workshop that's coming up December 7th, 2021, check the link in the show notes and you can get on our wait list um, and register. So, Today, I want to get started with our first cycle, the burnout and stress cycle. And I want to kick off by a quote uh, by Adam Grant, who's someone that I follow. Um, he's got really amazing work on organizational structures in companies and organizations. And his quote is, burnout isn't due to a lack of motivation. It comes from a shortage of capacity. There are more interesting projects and people than there are hours in the day. The question isn't whether you have interest, it's whether you have bandwidth. Enthusiasm is boundless. Time is finite. So let's start with addressing some of the symptoms of burnout. And as I walk you through what I'm going to share, I want you to be intentional as you listen. I want you to be intentional about how you filter through this information so you can really be aware about the decisions that you want to make moving forward in your company. So let's give some context to some other industries first, right? When healthcare providers are burnt out, patients are less likely to get quality care. And from the data, they notice that when patients are being served by burnt out healthcare providers, they're actually more likely to die. When you schedule an appointment, you really don't want to be seeing doctor burnout, right? You want to be seeing your doctor. The heart of burnout is the emotional exhaustion. It's feeling so depleted and drained by your job that you have nothing left to give. In the U.S., over half of employees feel burnt out at least some of the time. And it doesn't just hurt our productivity. It can harm our mental and physical health, too. There's evidence that links burnout to weakened immune systems and even cardiovascular disease. So the basic idea is that if you want to prevent or create buffers against emotional exhaustion, there's really three options. One, reduce the demands of the job. Two, provide support to deal with the demands of the job. And three, increase the control that the individual has over their work. So this is where cultural change really comes in. One of the biggest barriers for people to get support, right? If we go, if we jump to number two here, provide support to deal with them, is people are afraid to ask for help. People are afraid of being vulnerable. They're afraid of being a burden to other people. They do not want to look incompetent. They want to look self-reliant. They want to sh make sure that people get the support that they need. And it's challenging to remember that asking for help is a sign of strength, not a source of weakness. In fire departments, units with strong cultures of care have fewer accidents and fewer health problems. In hospitals, 
they found that when they create a nurse perceptor role, um, who's basically a professional nurse whose job it is to help other nurses facilitate asking for help. They have a designated nurse who does the, hey, do you need help? Let me help you get the help that you need. One of the biggest impacts of the directors in our circle that we have is the ability for the directors to ask for help from peers and community without fear of their jobs. It doesn't matter if you have an amazing relationship with your owner. It doesn't matter if you're quote unquote like family. You're the boss. You hold the paycheck. They will be very wary of showing vulnerability. It's an emotional response. And so what we found is that the directors who have the community is life changing in their ability to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to be more open to listening to feedback. And it has a tremendous ripple effect. So when we jump straight to number two here, providing support to deal with them as one of the preventions of burnout, I want you to think about what are the types of support that you currently offer your team? How do you really support them? Because support isn't giving them everything that they ask for. That's not support. That's a crutch. That's babysitting. That's enabling. That's not support. So I want you to really think about what are the elements of support that you offer them right now? And by support, meaning do they have a place to ask for help in whatever help means for them? So let's go a little bit deeper and kind of further identify some of the signs of burnout and stress and how they start to manifest themselves inside our organizations. One of them is too much to do, right? That's what I was saying. We need to decrease the demands on the job. Sometimes there really is too much to do during a particular season. And it's not okay to say power through, power through, power through. You need to decrease the demands of the job during a particular season. Another indicator of stress and burnout is lack of recognition. People need to be seen and heard. People need to be valued and appreciated. People need to know that you see their efforts. Another one is lack of community, feeling alone. Loneliness is a huge indicator of depression and suicidal ideation. Not feeling like you can lean on someone is very scary. And just because they come to work and they're surrounded by people, it doesn't mean that they don't feel alone. They need community. They need friends. They need a tribe. Another indicator of stress and burnout is lack of standards and practices. Everyone just flies by the seat of their pants. And the final one is they struggle with finding meaning or value in their work. These are really heavy concepts to bring into your center to say, well, how do I bring meaning and value to the company? And how do I bring more recognition to every teacher? And how do I decrease the demands when there's so much to do? Um, how do I create community? How do I make these two people be friends with each other? You know, this isn't preschool. And 
I want to caution you to pause before jumping to solutions and sit with all of the stuff that I'm talking about here. And I want you to sit with the first one of too much to do. You know, there's a very famous phrase, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. And it's sort of this kind of saying around the kitchen is what it is, right? The kitchen's always going to be hot. So you need to figure out a way how to deal with it. What if it was different? What if we ask the question, does the kitchen have to be that hot? I want you to sit with that for a minute. Does the kitchen have to be that hot? You know, as a CEO, I used to pride myself a lot. I could take the heat. I thrive on the heat, right? There's a little bit of an addiction to the stress and the crisis. They're master skills. I got this. But what if I'm making every day stressful? Does my kitchen really need to be that hot? What if it was cooler and calmer? What if it was 70 degrees? What if the baseline in our organization was a beautiful 70 degrees? You know, I walk out outside now, it's Florida's winter, and it's just a gorgeous 60, 65 degrees in the early morning. And I immediately go outside and my entire body temperature calms down. When you breathe in palm trees and a beautiful view and it's nice outside, it realigns your nervous system. What's happened, unfortunately, in our industry is we've come to see stress and burnout as inevitable conditions of work. They're not. I'm going to repeat that. We have come to see stress and burnout as inevitable conditions of work. They are not. We can design jobs and work environments to reduce them. And then we wouldn't need to try and remedy the problem work causes in the first place. So let's talk a little bit about some of the biggest buffers against burnout. What is a buffer? Right? If you look at the definition of a buffer, it's protection against harm. The airbag in a car is a buffer against an accident. Helmet is a protection and buffer for your head when you ride a bicycle to protect your skull in case you fall. Creating and designing buffers against burnout is part of building a culture of excellence. Creating buffers against burnout is not a project, just like culture is not a project. Right? The school culture is an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines. Well, what if one of the behaviors, actions, and routines was about consistently designing buffers against burnout? So let's start with the first buffer. Evaluating demands on the job and making changes where needed. A buffer against burnout is not self-care. Do not tell teachers that they need to take care of themselves. Please do not tell your directors that they need to take care of themselves. You don't want to hear, go do self-care. It starts with self-awareness. 
what are you asking your people to do with the time, resources, and energy available to them? I'm going to say that again. The buffer against burnout is not self-care. It's not the bath. It's not the gift card. It's not the day off. The day off is a band-aid of triage against burnout. It's not a buffer. When a person's going to take the day off, they're beyond emotionally depleted and exhausted. Creating a buffer and designing a culture against burnout is evaluating the demands and the projects that you put on your plate and on other people's plate. And you're viewing it through the lens of time, resources, and energy available to you and to them. And if you're short-staffed, that means your time looks different than it did three months ago when you weren't short-staffed. Resources are not just money. Resources are people. Resources are technology. Resources are operations and systems. You can't just say do more, 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 more. It comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. And it comes at the cost of the fabric of our organization. So many leaders are listening to this and they're saying, well, what do I tell them to stop doing? Like, I can't take anything off their to-do list. That's being short-sighted. You could. There are ways to readjust priority. Not everything has to be done today. Some things can be done next week. Some things can wait a month or two months or six months. Not everything is urgent. Right now, in your face, get it done. That's the scarcity speaking. That's the burnout and exhaustion and the stress talking. And so the first step to creating this buffer is you as the leader need to understand your time, your resources, your energy, and then how to delegate effectively to the team. And by delegating, it's not just, okay, now I'm not doing it, now you're doing it. Sometimes delegating means this task is no longer being done. We're deleting it. Sometimes delegating means this task is being delegated to January of 2023. And it's understanding how to make those decisions. It's understanding how to call those shots. It's understanding how to communicate that with the team. But first, you need to understand the bigger picture of the resources that you're currently working with. And again, resources are time, resources, operations, people, systems, processes, energy, emotional energy, physical energy, mental energy. It's a lot to understand. And this isn't taught in a lot of places. It's taught here. Because here we're building sustainable schools of excellence. It's one of the things that I'm teaching at our Delegate to Elevate workshop that's happening in a couple weeks. We're going to be assessing the time, the resources, and the energy so you understand how to delegate so you can create high-performing teams. High-performing teams is not everyone maximizing efficiency and productivity. Part of high-performing teams is their mental mindset and their mental game is in the right place because you've designed the right buffers against burnout and exhaustion and stress. 
So that's the first one, right? It's not self-care, it's self-awareness of what you're asking your people to do. Hey there, is your school in transition right now? You an owner or a director who wants to focus on building stability, security, and success in your center. I know right now is a time of transition where we're still feeling a lot of the impact of what's going on in the world. Some of you are asking questions like, how do you lead your teachers during a season like this? How do you support children and families? And how do you make strategic decisions about your school in a season of so many unknowns, ambiguity, and uncertainty? The Schools in Transition series is over 20 plus hours of high value interviews by top experts in their field. Every expert unpacks another particular area, specifically in the domains of mental health, physical health, emotional well-being, financial health of the company, and social and emotional resilience and intelligence. We also have 30 days of done-for-you resources that you can immediately put to use and into action, along with scripts on how to talk to parents and navigate this season. Right now, during this time, we have a special offer, and so you can check the link in the show notes to get your access to Schools in Transition. Let's go to the second one. The second strategy that I want to share with you today for a buffer against burnout and stress is celebrating daily progress. You can't wait to celebrate or congratulate only when you hit the big milestones. It's the very classic Western philosophy. I'll be happy when, fill in the blank, when I make a million dollars, when I lose 50 pounds, when I buy the house, when I have grandchildren, when I have a child, when I find love. You can't wait to celebrate or find joy in life I'll congratulate only when you hit big milestones. Here's why. Renee Brown has a great video where she talks about ordinary moments. She talks about how we want to live these extraordinary lives. We want to do big things. We're meant for something greater. We want to do big projects. And then when crisis hits, oof, what do we want? What do we want when there's a crisis? What do we want when we're feeling stressed and emotionally exhausted? You know what we want? We want ordinary. We want the ordinary moments. When I talk to leaders, they tell me things like, oh, I just want a day with no call outs. Give me a day where I just have a great conversation at a staff meeting. Give me a day where I see a child just laughing in the playground. Give me a day where a parent drops off and says, thank you. Those are the ordinary moments. And when the shit hits the fan, that's all we want. Just give me the ordinary moments back. So then why do we only celebrate the big things? The big acquisition, the big expansion, the purchasing of the new building, the big financial milestones. Got it all backwards. Staff need to learn to find joy in ordinary moments. That is where pride comes from. I'm going to say it loud for the people in the back. Staff need to learn how to find joy in ordinary moments. That is where pride comes from, personal pride. And that is one of the greatest buffers against burnout. 
When you find your own internal motivation, when you can find your own joy and pride to come to work every day because of everything that's going on, in spite of everything that's going on, you're less likely to get burnt out. You find joy in the child laughing in the playground. You find progress when a parent drops off and says, thank you. You don't punish yourself, quote unquote, and wait only when everything is running smoothly and working like a well-oiled machine and clockwork. Only then can we celebrate. No. It's okay to celebrate. You don't have to punish yourself and only celebrate by big milestones. Daily progress. Celebrating daily progress is tremendous. This is very different than gratitude. And we have a whole podcast episode on the gratitude matrix. This is daily progress celebrating those wins internally as an organization with yourself, with your admin team, with your leadership team, with the staff. First, you have to learn how to do that. And then you can teach your staff how to do that. Celebrate the daily wins, the daily progress. Teach your staff how to find joy. I have a previous podcast episode all about um, staff retention and one of the two ways to help keep staff. And one of the things I talk about is helping them find pride in their work. So you could go back to that previous episode um, for more details on how to do this and just kind of more strategies and tactics. So that's the second one. And now I'll show the third one. It's understanding how to close the stress cycle. Many of your staff have been with you for a while. Some of them many, many years, some of them almost 10, 20 years. You've rode many seasons together, which means you've been through many seasons of crises and stress. Closing the stress cycle is key for people to develop hope and trust that their current situation is temporary. It's not permanent. What does it mean to close the stress cycle? When you reach a particular milestone, when you've crossed the threshold of a particular stressful season, for example, when you were short three teachers and now you hired three teachers, now you're closing the stress cycle. You didn't have three teachers, now you do. You need to close that cycle with the staff. You need to celebrate it with them. You need to show them. You remember we were really stressed out a few weeks ago because we were down three teachers. Now we have three teachers. How's that going? How are you guys feeling? How is your stress level? Are you allowing yourself to calm down? Are you inviting calm and thriving moments? Our bodies are biologically wired in what happens to us. So even though the stress is gone, the active stressor, right? We now have three teachers. That doesn't mean that your staff are now no longer going to be stressed. Well, I gave you three teachers. No, you have to close the cycle. You have to articulate it to them. Now we have it. You can let go. You can be calmer. It's okay. You see, talk is cheap. We can't just keep telling people, we're going to get through this. Rah, rah, let's do it. Yeah. How do you know we're going to get through it? You have to show them proof that you've been through it before. You need to close the stress cycles after hard moments. 
Because when you close the stress cycle, then in their mind, they connect the threats over. The stress is over in this particular area. It's okay now. You don't want your people to live in fight, flight, or freeze all the time. The problem is, is that if we don't close the cycle, then we live in fight, flight, or freeze all the time. Fight, flight, freeze, fight, flight, freeze. And each of your staff respond differently. Some of your staff freeze, right? They're blocked out. Some of them fight. Some of them fly. They call out. They leave. They, they, they don't show up. They disappear. They avoid. We have to close the stress cycle and show them we leaned on each other. We went for, to bat for one another. We're here for each other. We're going to ride this out. We know that we can come together. Okay, so let's pull all these three strategies here together that I shared. Uh, some of the biggest buffers against burnout. Buffer number one, evaluate the demands of the job and make changes where needed, which is not self-care. It's self-awareness of what you're asking your people to do with the time, resources, and energy available to them. The second strategy against burnout is daily progress, celebrating daily progress and helping staff find joy in ordinary moments so they can get pride from within themselves. And then the last one is closing the stress cycle, remembering to celebrate and show them this cycle is over. It's okay now. This is the first episode in our Break the Cycle series of Breaking the Cycle of Stress and Burnout. Next week, we're going to talk about breaking the cycle of dependency and leaning into delegating and automating and all the things associated with breaking the cycle of dependency in your culture. If you are interested in learning more about these cycles and learning more strategies, please join us for our Delegate to Elevate workshop that's coming up. You can register with the link in the show notes. And thanks so much for joining me this week on this episode. If you haven't had a chance to rate and leave us a review on the podcast, we would be so grateful if you did. We have over 50 reviews on iTunes right now. And as you write reviews and rate the podcast, it helps other leaders find out about our show. Just an interesting story for those of you that are still with me. We actually had a uh, member who was driving in her car and she was having a particularly rough day. And all of a sudden, the Schools of Excellence podcast just started playing in her car. And she started listening to some of the episodes and really, really found some amazing uh, respite and just peace in the episodes. So the reviews and the ratings definitely help people find out about us. I want to just read one of the most recent reviews that we had on the show. It was It's called Sharing Self-Awareness. And it's, Hani's podcast builds a bridge between our personal life and our professional one. She sees and leads us through subtlety and nuances and changes that occurs when we make an effort to know ourselves. The topics that are presented begin with a positive title, something many of us would like to see and use to describe ourselves. Then she leads us down the numbered path to the place where we can see ourselves residing, both as a leader and a fulfilled individual. She gives particular care to include private examples from her own life. These make these strategies doable and suggestions very real. Each podcast is like sharing a cup of tea with a dear friend. Thank you, Hani, for tonight's delicious brew. 
Thank you, Robin, for this amazing review. We really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed today's episode or any of our other previous episodes, we would really appreciate if you wrote us a review. Thanks so much for joining me today, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.